we're going to deal with three people today. And I, I, and I want to give you a new name. We will look at it in chapter 21. Um, but I, I shared with you when we started this series, this study, uh, that we were going to be looking at the revealing of God and the sin and disobedience, faith and obedience, Savior and sacrifice, the coming kingdom. Okay? And tonight we will get another view at the revealing of God. We're going to get another view of all five of these, actually. Okay? Uh, but I think we missed some things here because we sort of... Uh, we kind of get wrapped up with the ram and the thicket and the knife and the, uh, Abraham and Isaac golf on a little journey. Uh, and I, I think we miss some stuff that I hope, uh, maybe I just missed it. You guys all noticed it and you'll say, well, I'm glad he's catching up with us. Okay. So let's start in chapter 20. Um, and, and let me try to, to bring us back to where we were. Abraham has been visited by three individuals. Uh, one is what they would call a Christophany, a pre-incarnate Christ, uh, and two were angelic hosts. They have cruised down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we're looking for uh, a handful of uh, righteous men uh, found zero zip nada, and I'm not even sure that the three that were saved uh, would fall into the righteousness that God was looking for. Uh, and we've seen the Amorites in the birth of the Moabites uh, and they were both products of incest done by Lot's daughters. Uh, and Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt. And we've seen the covenant brought in. Uh, and a sign of this covenant of God's promise of a child was going to be um, the sign of circumcision. And I want you to keep in mind here, this really up front, you need to hang on to this. It's a sign it doesn't save. It isn't something that saves. It is a sign of God's promise. All right, please understand. It, it, you know, it's, it's like a rainbow. Well, no, if you're a man, it's not like a rainbow. But anyway, um, it, it, it is, God puts the rainbow up and says, I will not judge the world with flooding. Okay? The sign of circumcision to a man uh, was the, the sign of the covenant of God. Okay? So now here we are. We see that Abraham journeyed from there. Where is there? That would be on the high valley above um, Sodom and Gomorrah, down by the Dead Sea. He's moved up from there to the Negev. And he settled between Kadesh and Sur, and there he sojourned to Gerar. All right? Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, all right, why? Because he's moving into another area, and he's going to run into a king of Gerar. Who is this king? Abimelech. All right, and here we go again. I mean, he's talking to God, and God's saying, this is what I'm going to do. Remember, he's already had his whole household. All the men have been circumcised because I know the promises of God. Now, remember, Abraham is the father of who? Faith. All right, how strong is his faith when he moves into this another tribal region where there is another king? It isn't at all. It is a, it's just the same old mess that got him into trouble that he ended up with a handmaiden from Egypt. Okay, which give us Ishmael. Okay, so here's what he does. He says to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gar, sent and took Sarah. Now grab a hold of that. All right. You know what he's getting ready to do? He's adding to his harem. You know what is amazing about this? 
You know how old Sarah is? I mean, I, I just can't imagine adding a 90-year-old to my harem. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased here. I don't know. I mean, but Abimelech is saying, I'm going to take me. It's my sister. You can have my sister. So all I can think of is that this must have been an extraordinarily beautiful woman if she can kind of hold it together at 90. I guess hold it together is probably not the appropriate phrasing. But, uh, but you know what I'm trying to get at, right? I mean, go... I, all right, the women are looking at me like, go ahead, keep digging. Okay, and the men are going, I know what you're saying, dude. <laughs> I've seen 90-year-old women. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, yeah, I want that in my harem. <laughs> okay, in the back. <laughs> okay, but here's what he says. All right, now this is funny, okay? So Abraham, Mr. Braveheart, okay, tell, tell, tell me my sister. So Abimelech takes Sarah. He, says, he thinks he's got, well, look here what I got. And he goes to bed at night. Verse 3 says, Abimelech in a dream at the night. And he said, God comes to Abimelech. Behold, you are a dead man. Now, that there would have to be in about as unnerving a dream as you can get. Okay? Have a dream. God shows up. You're a dead man. Woohoo! <laughs> it wasn't a pepperoni, was it? <laughs> All right, you are a dead man. Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman who you have taken, and she is married. Okay, now if I'm Abimelech, I'm going to go out and whoop Abraham. All right, but Abimelech's smarter than me. Now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, "Lord." Okay, now I, you know, uh, my wife has occasionally talked in her sleep. Um, I know some others who have said they talk in their sleep. And so I'm figuring Abimelech is talking in his sleep. And he's saying, you know what? Lord, will you slay a nation even though blameless? Okay. Did he not himself say to me that she is my sister? And she herself said, he's my brother. And the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Okay. And listen, I walked into this thing with the information that was presented to me. Okay. Now, the fact that Abimelech probably had multiple wives okay, in, 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 in this large grouping, um, I don't guess he looked at that as a bad thing. But he did know that taking another man's wife and adding it to his collection... Uh, God's coming in a dream. And God comes in a dream, and here's what he says. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Okay, for whatever reason, the, he, he took her, but not completely. Does that mean, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to be politically correct here. Yeah, he had not taken her to bed. He had prepared to, but perhaps it was a long day. Or perhaps he says, you're 90. What do you mean you're 90? Anyway. Um, now you know why they all wore veils. Anyway, um, here we go. Um, I did not touch her. And then the Lord said, I kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Can okay, I stop right there? Because... I'm one of these people 
who I'm cruising through Genesis. I see Sodom and Gomorrah and the circumcision of Abraham and his household. And I'm watching God's promises be fulfilled and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden I see in chapter 21, bang, here comes Isaac. And now we go up to Mount Moriah and the death of Sarah. And I'm just cruising along. What the heck is this thing with Abimelech stuck in the middle here? Okay, why, why do I have this here? I mean, we could have, you could have just kind of plugged this thing in anywhere. Uh, and do I need the information? Okay, yes, you do. Okay, and the reason that you have this text is verse 7. First time in scripture a phrase, Nabai, is used. A Nabai. Look what it says here. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a Nabai. He is a Nabai. He is a proclaim, to proclaim, to declare, to speak on behalf of a superior is what it means. It normally refers to someone um, speaking on behalf of God, but not always. Not always. Okay? Uh, a, a king would send out a Nabai before him to say that I am coming. To proclaim he's coming. All right. So therefore, now therefore, restore the man's wife. All right. Take, take the man's back. Now listen, when God in the dream says you're a dead man and you go, oh, shoot. Um, I didn't know. And he says, that's okay. I didn't let you step into this crime. Fine. Abimelech's response is going to be what? I'm killing Abraham. Okay, have God wake me up in a dream. Okay, telling me I'm a dead man. But I want you to think about it. How does God protect Abraham? Abraham is my prophet. So now Abimelech is saying, I could really make this worse, couldn't I? (laughs) I just killed the prophet of God, the proclaimer. Okay, listen, this is the foundational part. You got to get a hold of this. This is crucial to the understanding of the Old Testament because you're going to run into a guy here in a few months named Elisha. Okay? And God confirms him as a Nubai through signs and wonders. Okay? And then he will pass on the mantle to Elijah. All right? Or it's Elijah to Elisha. Okay, and and you're going to see him do some bizarre stuff. He gets bears to eat kids who are making fun of him. And and that's what the guy who sends up to Jehu and anoint him with oil and then run for the hills. And and you're sitting there going, what's up? And then you think about it. Yeah, that's that's a good term. Run for the hills. Why? It's going to be bloody here in a minute. Okay, you're going to see this. But the foundation is laid where? With Abimelech and Abraham, And it's f- funny because, I'll be honest with you, and perhaps it's just me, I never considered Abraham a prophet. Okay? Uh, Jesus, one would come as a prophet as Moses. Okay, I, yeah, I got Moses as a prophet. But I never really thought about Abraham as a prophet. I had the father of the nation. Sure, I'll go with that. The father of faith. Sure, I'll go with that. But see what happens? Even in Abraham's faithlessness, God is 
faithful to the point he kept Abimelech from his wife. Okay? And he protected Abraham by talking to Abimelech in a dream and saying, He is my proclaimer. He is my proclaimer. That's kind of cool, don't you think? All right? So even in Abraham's faithlessness, you see God being yet faithful, and it will lead us into chapter 21 where they will have the child, and in years after that, he can take and sacrifice the child. So let's cruise through this. Okay, I did not touch her. Okay, for now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all of yours. Oh, (laughs) okay. So what does it mean to restore? I thought you would never ask. Verse 8, so Abimelech arose early in the morning. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) That would be one of those fitful nights. Rose early in the morning, called all of his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were greatly frightened. That may be one of those great understatements in the Bible. Abimelech. I mean, if I'm a servant of Abimelech, I'm like, get this thing restored, okay? (laughs) I don't want to wake up dead tomorrow. Okay. All right. Then Abimelech called Abraham. <laughs> uh, this, was it. this would have had to have been the meeting of all meetings. The little fly on the wall thing. Abraham's going, uh-oh. <laughs> all right, here he goes. And he said, what have you done to us? <laughs> I think he's being gracious. <laughs> if I'm Abraham, or if I'm Abimelech, I'm sitting there going, <laughs> yo, <laughs> let's go back and talk. Just a minute. And... How have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Okay, what did, you, what did I do to you to make you even do this? Okay, you have done to me the things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what have you encountered that you have done this thing? Abraham said, because I thought. Now, Abraham goes now through the end of the chapter, and he tries to do his best with the excuse categories. I mean, that's, that's basically what Abraham's doing is, uh, well, I'm, uh, yeah, uh, 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 okay, and anyway. Abraham said, because I thought surely there was no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Okay, I got to go back to this 90-year-old woman. What is up with that? I mean, you know, well, she must have been a looker. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. Okay, so it's obvious that Abraham's father, Terah, had multiple wives. Okay, we don't know a lot of detail on it. Could it have been multiple wives at one time? Absolutely. Could it have been through um, widowing and widower and all that other stuff? Could have been. We don't know. We don't know. So, uh, and it came about when God caused me to wander from my father's house. I like that. Who caused you? God caused me to wander from my father's house. That I said to her, this is the kindness which you will show me. And he's talking to Sarah. This is Abraham's excuse still. And he's saying, you know, honey, we're going to wander around a bunch of places and you're a looker and I don't want to die because you're a looker. I mean, I, I really, that's what he's saying. I mean, that's Terry's 
verbiage, but, you know, we're going to wander around and everywhere I go, uh, just tell them you're my brother or I'm your brother. Okay. Abimelech then took the sheep and the oxen and the male and the female servants and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife, Sarah, to him. Interesting, huh? Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please. To Sarah, and, and the word Hebrew, okay, understand this, is wandering. All right, so here's what he says. Uh, to Sarah, he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is your vindication before all who are with you and before all men you are cleared. Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his maids, so that they bore children. What had happened was in this short time frame, um, there ain't no more babies. <laughs> Um, why? God said, uh-uh, we got a problem going down here, Houston. And he shut it down. The, the wombs became closed. Um, Abimelech's large gift, a thousand pieces of silver or a thousand shekels, um, 20 shekels was the price of a slave. Okay. So you immediately see, okay, 20 is what you give for the price of a slave. That's the restoration. Let me restore this to you. Okay. He gave a thousand. All right. So he had this high praise for Abraham and Sarah. Abimelech did. For the Lord had closed fast. I like that phrasing in the New American Standard. Had closed fast. You know what that means? Ain't happening. (laughs) Ain't happening. Okay. Closed fast. All the wombs of the household of Abimelech because Sarah, Abraham's wife. Okay, there it is. Okay, so the thing is, is that if you look at this deal with Abimelech, okay, the foundational understanding is God said, let me show you a prophet. All right, it is a man who is speaking on behalf of God. Verse chapter 21. So we've looked at Abimelech. Now we look at Isaac. Then the Lord took note of Sarah. Okay, remember now, Sarah had been in the the tent of Abimelech. And he took note of Sarah as he had said, The Lord, the Yahweh, did for Sarah as he promised. Alright? So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Now, I want you to remember something. Remember the angelic host that came to Abraham before the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah? They said, this time next year, guess what? All right, so now you've got the time frame on what has happened. All right, Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him from Sarah, bore to him Isaac. And then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, and when he was... Um, when he was eight days old and got as God had commanded him. Can okay, I remember again, circumcision is a sign of God's promise. Okay. It's not man's promise to God. It is a sign of God's promise to man. All right. 
Now, verse 5. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. But that's okay. He's got a looker for a wife. All right? That's the only thing I can figure. Either that or they were really ugly around Abimelech. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, he's blind. Okay, now Abraham was 100 years old when his son was born. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And that's just, just what his name means. Ha, 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 ha. Remember, she was in the tent and started laughing when the angel said, you're going to have a son and it will be of Sarah. And she started laughing. You know, I'm kind of inside the tent. Uh, tents aren't noted for their soundproofing. So everybody said, what's she laughing? She doesn't believe us? Okay. All right. And she said... Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in this old age. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made great feasts for the day that Isaac was weaned. Now Sarah saw the son. Now see, everything's going along, and here's the issue. Remember, Hagar and Ishmael had run off. God got a hold of them, sent them back, and she was still in the mistreating. But here's something that now plays back, okay? Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, okay, that would be Ishmael, whom she bore to Abraham, mocking, mocking, okay, mocking Isaac. Okay, and what does a mother do? Verse 10, (laughs) therefore... She said to Abraham, Drive out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. Okay? Therein lies why there's no peace in the Middle East. (laughs) Okay? I mean, that's it right there. Remember, you know, he said you were going to be a wild dog. I'm sorry. Anyway, verse 11. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. Why can't I get the children to play with each other? My children have two mommies. (laughs) This is a non-blending of the household. (laughs) Okay. Look at verse 12. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed. Because of the lad... And your maid, whatever Sarah tells you, what's it say next? Listen to her. Now, don't read too much into that. Because <laughs> because you listen to her is the reason we got this problem. <laughs> right? And so now we listen to it. Again, I want you to think about it. God is revealing himself and saying that even though there are decisions being made outside of my, my righteousness... I am still making this thing work. All right. Have you ever heard of orchestra before they play? And they got the the clarinets and the oboes and the French horns and the strings and 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 I mean even in like the strings, the cellos and the violins and all the rest of them are all kind of and makes all this. Golly, I hope this gets better. Okay, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden the dude gets up there with the little stick. And he taps the counter, bam, 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 bam. And all of a sudden it just, 
stops, and then it takes off into this beautiful music, right? And each of them plays their parts, and he can point the stick, and I don't know how that all works, but it all sounds elegant, right? It's exactly what's going on here. In light of the chaos that we see going on, God is still orchestrating it, and it is just flowing along exactly as he deems necessary. That's what's going on here. God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac, your descendants shall be named. Okay? Who are the heirs of Abraham? The line of Isaac. Okay? And of the son of the maid, I will make a nation. So because he is your descendant. So there will be a nation out of this unrighteous deed. This, this non-trusting of me. This sin and disobedience. I still will make a nation out of it. Alright? Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water. He gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up and she left the boy under one of the bushes. And then she went and sat down opposite him about a bow shot away. And she said, do not let me see the boy die. Okay, so it's more than just running out of water. Uh, It's kind of getting bleak here. And her request is, don't let me see the boy die. And she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And that's intense. That's intense. You've been run out. Beersheba is down toward the wilderness. And I've been down in that area. That is desolate territory. I mean... You don't even get weeds growing. I mean, it grows dirt and rocks. All right? God heard the lad crying. An angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him. And then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness, and he became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a, a wife for him in the land of Egypt. Now it came about in that time, Abimelech and Felco, the commander of his armies, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore, swear to me. Now, this, watch what happens. Swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my prosperity, posterity. And according to the kindness that I have shown you, you shall show me and to the land in which you sojourn. Okay, now remember, who's going to get the land? Abraham. Okay, what's Abimelech trying to do? And Philicor, his commander. This is where the Philistines come from. Making a contract. Okay, so right now his faith is a little bit on the shaky side. He is taking the temporal and trying to do his best. Why does he have Ishmael? 
I'm helping God. Okay, well, it's obvious God wants me to have this land and He's going to do it through a contract? No. Okay? But Abraham complained. (laughs) I like Abraham. To Abimelech, because the well of water which the servants of Abimelech had seized. Uh, Abraham had a well, and the servants of uh, of Abimelech have taken this well away from him. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing, neither did you tell me, nor did I hear it until today. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made covenant. Okay, then Abimelech, or then Abraham set seven ewes and lambs from the flock by themselves. Abimelech said to Abraham, okay, now seven, there you go. That is a completed deal. Okay, it's complete. When you see the number seven, it means this is absolutely complete. Any other number is not complete. All right, um, seven ewes, um, and <clears throat> Abimelech said, what do these seven ewe lambs mean, which you have set by my by themselves and he said Abraham said you shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand in order that I may be a witness to that I dug this well okay Abraham wanted his well back therefore he called that place what Beersheba because there were the two of them took an oath that's what Beersheba means so they made covenant at Beersheba and Abimelech and Phicoh the commander of his army arose and returned to the land of the Philistines. Okay, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba and there he called on the name of the Lord, the ever on the name of Yahweh, the everlasting God. Okay, El Olam. Yahweh El Olam. Okay, and Abraham sojourned in the land of the Philistines for many days. Okay? So now we see Isaac. His birth and he's growing in the division of the house. Chapter 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and I love it. He said, here I am. <laughs> That's just so cool. He said, now take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Now stop right there. Okay, Moriah is the, the, the top of the hill uh, where Jerusalem is. And Jerusalem is set on three hilltops. Boom, boom, boom cross there's two valleys on each side the kidron and uh, the valley of hinnom and here and then you have one here in the middle and you have the mount of olives and you have one over here where the palaces and stuff are okay and he says now i want you to go there to the mountains okay now most people believe that the place of the offering is the temple mount that's what most people believe i i don't have any reason not to believe it um but most people believe that that is where um uh, he's preparing to travel. Now, Beersheba is about 50 miles away, and that's sort of where he's hanging out. And, and so he's going to have to hoof it, and that's why it says it takes three days to get. And from, 
Well, from anywhere actually in Israel to go to the Jerusalem area is up. <laughs> and I mean, way up. I mean, if you're down in the Dead Sea, you're 5,000 feet below sea level and you've got to go to 4,000 feet above sea level. Okay, so that's up. However you cut that thing. Here's what he says. Take your only son whom you love to go to the land of Moriah and offer him there uh, as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, Isaac his son. He split wood for the burnt offering. He arose and he went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes, saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here. Interesting stuff. Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. Okay, now Abraham knows what he's going up there for, to offer his son, but look what he says. We will return. Okay, I want you to think about this, and I want you to keep this always in your mind, especially in, our, in, the, in the church society today. Okay? Worship demands sacrifice. And it's been that way for a while. We've got to get a hold of that. What caused Cain and Abel to have problems? Cain would not sacrifice. Okay? Why? Here, here you have Abraham and he's taking his son and he is going to what? Worship. And there has to be a sacrifice. The stuff you see that people call worship today, how much sacrifice is in it? Just a question. Just a question. All right? We will return. Abraham took the wood, the burnt offerings, uh, the wood of the burnt offerings, and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took it, uh, basically what he's saying here is making the kid carry the wood. And he took his hand and a fire. He had a little thing of fire and a knife. And so the two of them walked together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. He says, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. I love that phrasing. Anyway, and, um, and he said, behold, the fire and the wood. Mm, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Okay. I love it when the kids are paying attention, don't you? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar, there he arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac, laid him upon the altar on top of the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hands. He took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him. The angel of Yahweh, the messenger of Yahweh, called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Okay, that's the sacrifice. How, is your love for your son greater than your love for me? Look what he says next. <clears throat> then Abraham raised his eyes. He looked and behold, behind him 
a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered him up as a burnt offering in place of his son. All right. Now, I want you to read this next one because this is really cool. Verse 14. Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. It is Yahweh Yireh. Okay. Yahweh Yireh. Yahweh Yireh. And it literally means the Lord will see to it. The Lord will see to it. In the mount of Yahweh, it will be provided. And then the angel of Yahweh called to Abraham the second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Yahweh, because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your own son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly. Do you see what happens here? I want to show you this because this is foundational for you and I today. Worship demands sacrifice. Right? But what happens if I sacrifice? I will greatly bless you. I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and the sand on which are on the seashore. And your seed shall support possess the gate of their enemies you will be blessed how by me i will okay now think about the word that i just gave you on god's revealing himself yahweh yara the lord will see to it the lord will provide what do you do you obey It's easy. Just receive it. Why? But I have to worship in a heart of sacrifice. I I watch people who I'm only going to worship if I'm comfortable. You will never receive God's blessing. You're not going to do it. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have what? Obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and he arose and he went to Beersheba and Abraham lived in Beersheba. Okay, now Beersheba is south of uh, Jerusalem proper, about 50 miles. Okay, now it came about after these things that it was told Abraham saying, Behold, Malachiah was born children. Now I want you to just look at these names. Uz is firstborn in Buzz. Now, I if I ever have kids, I want twins and I'm naming them Uz and Buzz. Why? It's biblical. Have you ever heard it? He said, well, I just want my kids, uh, my uh, youngest son's name is Joshua David. Okay? Nah, that's pretty biblical. Next time, it's Uz and Buzz. Or I mean, naming Buzz Uz. What? Anyway, I, I read that and said, huh, there you go. Anyway, firstborn of Buzz's brother, and he just goes through this list here. Um, his concubine. Uh, note one who was born there. Bethel, verse 27, became the father of who? Rebecca. You might want to remember that one, just in case. Okay? His concubine also were named, uh, and that is that intermarrying that is multiple wives. All right, now that I'm going to cruise through chapter 23. 
because it sets up some cities and some stuff that you can pay attention to. All right. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of Sarah. Sarah died. Hebron, land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham rose from before his dead. Okay, now that phrasing there is Middle Eastern, and it has to do that I was there before my dead. This person, I'm in their presence, has died. Okay, and he spoke to the sons of Heth. Okay, this would be the Hittites, the sons of Ham. Okay, all right. I am a stranger and a sojourn among you. Give me a burial site among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying, Now, Abraham's wanting to bury among the Hittites. Didn't all get kind of ticked off at them people? Sure he did. Okay? But what does Abraham want to do? Be among them. Watch what happens. This is what God does. This is how God does stuff. <clears throat> Hear us, my Lord. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choices of our graves. None of us will refuse you his grave for burying your dead. So Abraham rose and he bowed before the people of the land, the sons of Heth. And he spoke to them saying, If it is your wish for me to bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and approach Ephron, son of Zohar, for me, that he may give me the cave of Malepha. Mechalepha. Yeah, you know, some Hebrew names. Actually, it's Canaanite. Anyway, which he owns, which he is in the end of his field. Full price, let him give it to me in your presence for the burial site. Now, Ephron was sitting among the sons of Heth, and Heth and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham, in hearing of the sons of Heth, even of all who went to the gate of his city, saying, No, my Lord, hear me, I give you the field. God says, Here, you can have it. In the presence of the sons of my people, I give it to you, bury your dead. Abraham bowed before the people of the land. He spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, I will give, I will only, please listen to me, I will give the price of the field, except it from me that I may bury my dead there. Okay. Now Abraham buys a burial plot and you will find that Abraham is buried there. Isaac is buried there. Rebecca is buried there. Leah is buried there. And Jacob is buried there. Okay. And no, it's a mosque in Hebron. Because the Arabs claim to be who's my what a wicked web we weave. <laughs> All right, uh, it gives um, four hundred shekels of silver. What is it that you between you and me? So bury your dead, Abraham. Listen to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out Ephron the silver which he had named. Uh, in the hearing of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver, uh, being that, what's his name, gave him a thousand for his wife back. I don't know what that means. Anyway, um, so, yeah, <laughs> Ephron's field, which was in Mechalepha, uh, his face, Mary, the field. 
What's that place? You know what it is? It's Hebron. It's Hebron. Just, just remember Hebron. And the field and the cave which is in it, and all the trees which are in the fields and there were within the confines of his border were deeded over. To Abraham for a possession in the presence of his sons of Heth before all who went into the gate of the city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave uh, that is Hebron in the land of Canaan. I ain't even messing with that thing no more. Everybody says, why don't you teach the Old Testament? You ever read it? Okay. My tongue sometimes don't move in the direction of these words. So it's just, it's Hebron. Everybody knows it's Hebron. Okay, so the field and the cave that is in it were deeded over to Abraham for the burial site of the sons of Heth. Okay, in the history of Abraham, you have just gone through the covenant with Abimelech. Okay, and you see the presenting of prophet Nabai. You see the birth of Isaac. Okay, you see the conflict between Isaac and Ishmael. You see that Ishmael and Hagar are pushed out of the tribe. Okay, you see the offering and you see a name given unto God that is one that you really need to pay attention. Yahweh Yaira. Okay, the Lord will make it be. All right. You see Abraham's faith go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And yet you see even in the the dealing with the Hittites that it's laying a foundation on what you and I will see and deal with this very day. We are dealing with it. All right. See the death of Sarah and what she was given so that she may see. Okay, now I want to ask you a question. Do you see Savior sacrifice in these texts? Worship demands sacrifice. Romans 12. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Okay, why? Yahweh Yaira. He will make it happen. He will make it happen. But it's going to take your sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. And it hasn't changed, people. It hasn't changed. It's been that way. It's going that way. And it will not change. That's the key. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have this man before us. Abraham, father of faith. And Father, thank you that you've shown us how you grew his faith. Even when he was faithless. Over and over and over and over again. You were faithful. I praise you for that, Lord. That's amazing to me. That is truly amazing. Father, even when we who are gathered here this night are faithless, Father, you are faithful. I praise you for your faithfulness. But Lord, when I read this and I think Yahweh Yaira, you will make it so. Thank you, Jesus. You will make it so. The substitutionary sacrifice, even here. Thank you. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen.